Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. It's so good to see you, Nicole. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Chris. And how about yourself? Doing great. Doing great. So this was an interesting topic. You know, I used to always hear, hey, belly, hey, belly, all the time. You go out, you see your horse. They look distended. And then, you know, I remember the manager was going, oh, yeah, hey, belly. And this is early in my career. And I'm, it, it, so I always found it interesting, a, kind of a funny term. People have heard this. So can you just kind of start off and explain what hay belly is? Sure. It is a horse who looks fat and skinny somehow all at the same time. <laughs> yes. So looking at a horse, you know, our normal body condition scoring, we're scoring fat over the ribs and one to nine, one emaciated, nine really fat, four to six healthy with five being ribs that you can feel but not easily see. Okay. In these horses, you're really not seeing the weight over the ribs. They're bigger, lower down. So kind of like a pregnant broodmare, but you're like, this is a gelding. It's never been pregnant. What are you talking about? So they have this big lower belly. A lot of times you'll actually be able to see some ribs. So they might be a four. And very often this is coupled with really poor top line muscling. So you're seeing this horse that has just nothing up top and this big lower belly that looks distended. It just, it frankly does not look good. And that's why I say they kind of look weird because you're like, wow, they have a big belly. So are they fat? But those other indicators that I look for, which is fat over the ribs and muscling over the top line, both of those are, you know, mediocre to poor at the same time that they have this big belly. I, I had to laugh when you said they look pregnant like a broodmare, but they're a gelding. I've seen that. <laughs> and I've seen that instance. I'm like, you look pregnant, but you're a boy. How is this? So with hay belly, okay, and, and we do see it. So it's probably more common than we would like. What causes this? What is the, the underlying lead up to this condition? Really what's happening is that hay isn't being digested very well in the hindgut of the horse. And it's just kind of sitting there. So they fill up, they carry some extra fluid as a result of that, and they just get this distended lower look. Generally, when it's happening is when you're on a really low quality hay. And I know we've had a lot of podcasts about hay. We'll link some of those in the notes. But kind of as like the biggest picture way to think about this, hay that's really soft to the touch is going to be really digestible. Hay that's stemmy and really like pokey, that's going to be your lower quality hay. Um, and unfortunately, when horses eat that lower quality hay, some of them will be picky and won't even want to eat it very well. Others who are less picky are going to eat it, but because digestibility is poor, it ends up just kind of sitting there and there's not a lot of nutrients. So you have this combination of things that spends more time in the hindgut of the horse because they have to break it down in order to send it along the end of the process. Um, and number two, because it's lower quality, it's missing some of those key nutrients that support body condition itself. So we start to see them showing their ribs. And then, of course, that top line muscling as well. Well, it's funny, you, you, as you talked about that and, and thinking of this low quality, hey, I'm thinking of what we just talked about, donkeys, where they, they, they thrive on that. That is what they need. But obviously for horses, we need this higher quality hay. So what are some of the nutrients, I guess, that they're missing with this low quality hay? It's not just, is it just high fiber or is there other things contributing to that? Chris, to understand what nutrients 
are there too much, what those are that are missing, we need to think about what happens when hay matures, because that's ultimately how you end up with low quality hay. It's hay that's over mature that was cut too late. And what happens as hay matures is you get more and more fiber. And fiber, of course, is a good thing up to a certain point. But as hay gets more mature, you end up with more indigestible fiber. So even though there's good fiber there, what's called lignin, which is what makes it stemmy, that gets higher as hay gets more mature and it binds up that good fiber so the horse really can't digest it anymore. At the same time as that hay is getting more mature, protein is going down. Um, and in fact, a lot of your micronutrients are getting tied up by that lignin as well. So you just have this combination of things. It's getting more fibrous, but not any good way. And then you have dilution of other nutrients. So if we were to look at a hay test, um, if you send me a hay test and I look at it, a lot of times I can be like, hey, is this kind of stemmy and the horses don't like to eat it? And they're like, oh, you can tell that just looking at this. How'd you know? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So what I'm looking at are NDF and ADF values. So those are my indicators of fiber. NDF is neutral detergent fiber. That's going to be hemicellulose, cellulose, and lignin. Lignin is that indigestible component that's not actually fiber, but it reacts with fiber. So we kind of group it in together. And then ADF is just cellulose and lignin. NDF is our measure of palatability. Okay, so as that gets higher, hay gets less palatable. And I'd call something over 60% NDF is low quality, and a lot of horses don't really want to eat it. And ADF is our indicator of digestibility. So over 40% ADF is something we consider low quality hay. So, you know, if we test this really stemmy hay, you see those very high values. They don't digest it well, so they're not pulling out as many calories as they would from good quality hay. It's sitting in the hindgut. So it's really filling them up. And then at the same time, remember, it's lower protein, meaning it's lower in those amino acids. So you're not providing enough protein for them to build muscle with, which is where you end up seeing those poor top lines. Along with in general, if you're kind of just feeding this, you tend to see lower, you know, poor quality hair coats, maybe some hoof quality if this goes on for a long time. So remember, hay is the foundation of the horse's diet. And if we feed them a diet entirely of low quality hay, you're going to see those issues. Can I fill in some of the gaps? Yes, but you're making it a lot harder when we start with like really stemmy, poor quality hay. So I can give you some strategies to help mitigate the impact of this. But I'd absolutely say anytime we're in a situation where we don't have to feed really low quality hay, life is so much easier and just your nutritional program as a whole will be less expensive and simpler if we're not kind of dealing with this issue to start with. Yeah. It's one of those issues that this is why we always say it always starts with hay and forage always got to be for horses has to be good quality hay. So that's the bit foundation of our diets for our horses that we build from there. So, you know, again, another reason why we, you always say that you always say that. Now, one of the things when you read about hay belly, uh, people attribute it to low protein. Is is that true? Is that a myth or is that a truth? Mm, you know, that's just kind of correlation versus causation. Okay. So the same hay that's super high in fiber is concurrently low in protein just because of the maturation process. So it isn't specifically caused by the low protein in the hay, but if you look at the hay analysis, 
generally they are going to be low protein because they are over mature. So that low protein doesn't cause the issue, although it does cause the top line, the muscle issues, because it's just not there. The functional cause of the actual appearance of the hay belly relates to it being overly fibrous and just sitting in the hindgut. So I would say low protein is a part of it simply as a byproduct of the maturity of the hay, not the driving factor. Okay. So it's safe to say if you, you're not going to see hay belly, if your horse is eating a good quality hay, generally you're not going to see that. Well, generally, Chris, but horses, horses are so (laughs) complicated. That's why I ask it. (laughs) I can absolutely give you an example of where maybe you'll still see this even on decent quality hay. And that might be a situation where the hindgut's not super healthy because of other reasons. So even though the hay is decent, the microbes in the hindgut aren't as efficient as they should be, and they're not breaking down the hay they should be. So it's still kind of hanging out back there. I would say 95% of the cases of hay belly are just a function of the quality of the hay. But I'm not going to say that every single case is as simple as hay quality, because occasionally we can see foundational issues in the hindgut resulting in poor fiber digestibility, even of good quality hay. Ooh, I didn't see that one coming. I did not see that. Bam. <laughs> All right. All right. So we, we've kind of identified the cause. It, it Generally, it is very uh, low quality hay, you know, maybe the microbes in the hindgut, and we can address that here in a second. So where do you just start? Do you just, you know, immediately go out and try to find the best quality hay you can? Uh, is there a transition period? Like how would you, or, or how do you suggest when clients come to you with this, how do you advise uh, to, to fix it, treat it? Mm, okay. So in a perfect world, we're definitely just going to go buy better hay. Okay. I am a realist though. So I will give you some solutions if that that's just not an option, right? I recognize for, it's not available because of drought or whatever, or you know what, I'm in a boarding barn and this is the best I can do because of this situation. Or lady, I have a whole year's worth of this stuff. What do I do? I would say sell it to someone who feeds cows would be my first choice, you know, but um, best case scenario, we're going to feed better hay. One thing we talk about a lot when we're transitioning grain is doing it slowly. We should do the same thing with hay, particularly as you're going from something that's not very digestible. If you went from like that really crummy stemmy hay to something really super digestible, lovely hay, unfortunately, even though that's the right move, you can create some disturbances in the hindgut because it's really just not used to fermentable fiber of that level. So we're absolutely going to recommend that we make that slow transition in hay the same way we would with grain. And really it's best practice to do that anytime you change hay, but it's particularly important when you go from very poorly digestible hay to something that is a nicer, more digestible hay. We treat it just like grain. Start with half and half for a couple days and then slowly transition out as you move from old hay to new hay. If you're in a situation where you can't do that, it's going to be a cold turkey switch, which is unfortunately what happens a lot, Um, would not be my preference. Uh, We can give them some extra gut support help during that time. Um, A lot of times I'll use our advanced paste. It is a probiotic paste with extra vitamins and minerals to really support those horses during that time. So that is a good option to help reduce the risk of digestive upset. You know, there's been research that's looked into what are the factors that 
predict colic in horses. Number one factor is an abrupt change in hay 14 days before. So it takes some time for it to show up, but just be cognizant of that, particularly when we're going from that really low quality stemmy hay to a nicer, more digestible hay. If you're in that situation where this is the hay I have, I have to live with it. Some things that we can think about. Um, one, thinking about you know what sort of gut support are we offering. Certainly upping our probiotics can help feed the good bugs that live in the hindgut, help them be more efficient at digesting what is there. The other thing I'm going to think about is filling in those gaps. And this is where I said it's going to be less expensive in the long run and simpler to just feed a better quality hay. But I really have to fill in two gaps when I have that low quality hay that's resulting in things like hay bellies. One, the nutrients they're not getting. So when we formulate feed, it's across an average of values to tell you the minimum recommended rate. When you have really low quality hay, sometimes that minimum recommended rate isn't going to quite fill in all of the amino acids, so the building blocks of protein, trace mineral, and vitamins that you need to fill in those gaps. On the really easy keeper, that might just look like feeding an extra pound of ration balancer on top of what you do today, and you'll see things like that top line come back. On the harder keeper, we're going to think about two things. The nutrients they're not getting are going to be those non-energy nutrients, and then calories. And here's where I'm going to think about how can I very efficiently work with the digestive process to get the calories they need, make the whole system work better. Because calories, you could just dump fat on, right? Not the solution that's going to be the most efficient in this case. Remember, the hindgut isn't working great because you've just given it really low quality fuel. I'm going to choose a complete feed with a really good quality fiber source and higher levels. So something that could be called a senior feed, they're not always, but something that's 15% plus crude fiber. And I want that fiber to come from super digestible sources, soy hulls, dehydrated alfalfa meal, beet pulp. And the reason I'm focused on providing calories in those way is because that good quality fiber is going to help feed the bugs in the hindgut. And again, make it overall a healthier, more robust ecosystem, which is going to support it in digesting that low quality hay. I'm going to have to feed more in order to accomplish that than if I just fed good quality hay and filled in the gaps. And that by itself might not completely eliminate a severe hay belly on really poor quality hay, but again, doing the best we can with what we have available to us. That is the most comprehensive way that I can support digestive function provide calories, support the hindgut, try to offset the impact of that low quality hay. That's a good, it's a very good explanation. And I guess just to reiterate, because earlier, you know, you said in those rare instances, good quality hay with a hay belly, it's just get them that, that pre and probiotic, right? Correct. Along with thinking about, you know, what is my base feed? If I'm feeding a lot of sweet feed, I yeah. probably have starch getting to the hindgut that's making things unhealthy, contributing to the issue. Why would I not switch to something that's lower in a C so that the starches are digested and absorbed where they're meant to be in the small intestine that's higher fiber to make for a healthier hindgut? So I, I just emphasize that simply I was doing some training today with some of our equine specialists. We sit down pretty frequently and go through things. And I use this pyramid. The bottom of the pyramid is forage. The middle is what filling in the gaps with your concentrate, so your essential K, your calm and easy. The very tippy top is supplements. 
I'm not anti-supplement. I feed some supplements myself. But a lot of times, if you just go straight to the probiotic, for example, that's the tippy top of the pyramid, that may be appropriate. But it's probably not most efficient unless we address to the best of our abilities those lower foundational blocks of the pyramid. So step one would definitely be just buy good hay. Step two, middle of the pyramid, choosing a concentrate that works with our scenario, in this case, providing good quality fiber for the hindgut to offset that lower part. And then maybe we add a probiotic on top of it as well. I will say one of the things that we're doing in that concentrate section at Tribute is we have the probiotic already built in. So we might be addressing both of those in that middle part of the pyramid and not just having to supplement. So really thinking about the overall picture, might an additional probiotic be appropriate? Absolutely, but let's make sure we look at things from the bottom up and don't just start there because oftentimes you end up wasting money and it's not effective if we just try to supplement our way out of a foundational issue in the lower part of that pyramid. That's good. Make all makes sense. It all makes sense. I see your mind working too. So yeah, that's great. That's great. So any final tips, you know, for these owners with horses that have hay belly? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is let's just be mindful of the quality of the hay that we buy. And then if we have issues, um, you know, let's think about concentrates that are high in fiber to help fill in those gaps, supplement if we need to. And if you're like, oh my God, this is me, uh, give us a call. We're happy to help make a product recommendation that makes sense with what you have going on. I think it can be really easy to think my horse does this job and therefore I should feed Y, but there's so many variables that go into that. And hay quality is a big one and how we make the decision to feed what concentrates that we do for each individual program. Yeah, no, that's, that's great stuff. It's great stuff. And those links are always in the show notes. Uh, as Nicole said, you know, reach out if you have any questions. And, you know, I just want to thank our listeners, uh, listeners from around the world, Nicole. We, we, we have a lot of listeners in Europe, uh, you know, Australia, all, all over the world listening. So thank you so much. Thank you for the kind words. And again, just go to our Facebook page. If you have any questions, ask them there, make comments, especially on the podcast feeds, request topics. You know, we're always looking for new topics. So, so please do that. But thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much today, Nicole. Awesome. Thank you, Chris.